to meet some of you earlier. I'm Brandy Hilton. We're so glad you're here with us today. Um, we're going to jump right in. Let's go to Psalms 17. Excuse my voice today. I dug a little bit too much of my flower bed yesterday. Psalm 17. Today, this is about, his title would be Gathering Close. Gathering Close. Under his shadow. Okay, Psalm 17, verse 8. He says, Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Keep me as the apple of your eye. That means a singular focus. Everything that you're thinking about is me. That's the cry. You're just, you're focusing on me, God. Keep me as the apple of your eye, your focus, your favorite, your all in all. That, right? Now go over to Psalm 36. Psalm 36, verse 7. <laughs> he says, How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of man put their trust under the shadow of your wings. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. So therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. That's just jumping in in the green with, we are the apple of your eye. How precious is your loving kindness, God. So the children of men, because you're so precious, because of your loving kindness, the children of men are running to you, to be close to you, to gather to you, to be literally under the shadow of your wings. You, God has this way of drawing people to himself. Amen. Psalm 57. Verse 1, he says, Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. So now you see the one clinging to God, asking for mercy, hiding under the shadow of his wings, and chooses to trust in God. While the calamities go on their way and pass by and over. Do you understand? Go to Psalm 61. Verse 4. Actually, we need to start on verse 1 because it's just because. Psalm 61, verse 1. He says, hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. And when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. And I will abide in your tabernacle forever, and I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Amen. That says it all. Psalm 63, verse 7. He says, because you have been my help, Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you, and your right hand upholds me. 
Amen. Psalm 91. Most know this one. Psalm 91, verse 1 through 4. He who dwells, lives, remains in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Amen. You can find strength in these words. Now go to Matthew 23. He says, gathering close under the shadow of his wing. Matthew 23 Matthew 23 is a pretty serious chapter. Um, in my Bible, it's all in red. Um, that means that's Jesus talking. And the summary of it is that he is declaring to Israel, his chosen people, the heart of God and his displeasure with them. Because they would not listen, they would not repent, they would not believe in the day of their salvation. And he loosed many woes as a prophet. And he began to prophesy against them and called them blind guides and so forth and so on. So in Matthew 23, verse 37, the subtitle says, He laments over Jerusalem. That means that he's weeping over them. He's prophesying, he's speaking truth, because Jesus is perfect truth. And in verse 37, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. So see, your house is left to you desolate, for I say to you, shall see me no more until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They've been crying out and believing for the Messiah for a really long time. The Messiah was in their midst and they were blinded and they did not believe. And so this grieved the heart of Jesus. And he wept over them. And this was a very deep weeping. This was Jesus crying over his own and as he's prophesying, he describes it so beautifully as other passages in scriptures, even some of these I've already read to you. I wanted to gather my children together. You hear that? I wanted you to gather to me. I wanted you to come to me. And I wanted you to abide in me and remain in me and believe me and let me hide you under my shadow in my presence forever. Now we're going to go back to Jeremiah 4. Jeremiah 4. This speaks to Jerusalem again, verse 14. Jeremiah 4, 14. He said, O Jerusalem, wash your heart from wickedness, that you may be saved. 
How long shall your evil thoughts lodge within you? Now he's speaking to a literal city. And we know that Jerusalem is like the apple of Jesus' eye, if you would. Jerusalem is his dwelling place forever. This is the place where King Jesus will rule from for all eternity. You understand? He is jealous for Jerusalem. King Jesus shall rule in, with, and through Jerusalem forever. It belongs to him. And the prophet Jeremiah saw what was going to happen. Oh, Jerusalem, he's prophesying to her. Wash your heart from wickedness that you may be saved. How long shall your evil thoughts lodge or live or dwell with you? And then Drew, Jesus shows up and weeps and says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I longed for you. How I've longed for you. I've seen your journey. I've seen those who've come against you since you were formed. I've seen all that's happened all these years, and now salvation is coming, yet you do not believe that I am the one that the Father has sent. But one day, he says, you will, and they shall, and all Israel shall be saved. Hallelujah. And the Lord shall restore Jerusalem. Go to Mark 12. Verse 1, this is called the parable of the vineyard owner. He says, Mark 12, verse 1, he says, Then he began to speak to them in parables. He said, A man planted a vineyard, and he set a hedge around it. He dug a place for the wine vat, and he built a tower. He leased it to the vine dressers, and he went into a far country. Now at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that he might receive some of the fruit of the vineyard from the vine dressers. And they took him, and they beat him, and they sent him away empty-handed. Verse 4, again he sent them another servant. And at him they threw stones, wounded him in the head, and sent him away shamefully treated. And again he sent another And him they killed, and many others, beating some and killing some. So therefore, still having one son, his beloved, he also sent him to them last, saying, they will respect my son. But those vine dressers said among themselves, this is the heir, so come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. And so they took him, and they killed him, and they cast him out of the vineyard. And therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come, and he will destroy the vine dressers, and give the vineyard to others. Have you not even read this scripture? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And this was the Lord's doing, and is it not marvelous in our eyes? And they sought to lay hands on him, but they feared the multitude, for they knew he had spoken the parable against them. So they left him, and they went away. Again, he came to his own, to his own Israel, to his own people. 
and he just testifies of the story of basically all the law, the prophets, all the way up to Jesus. And what they did when the word of the Lord, when the voice of the Lord was spoken through the men and women of God who served him. And he lays that out so clearly in this parable and says, surely the sun will even come, the heir of all things. And yet all the more, just that evil vengeance rose up within their hearts. Let's kill the son because he's the heir and we're going to get what he has. And this he spoke of himself. He prophesied of himself. And you can see this tying in when he wept over Jerusalem. You can see through our own understanding and words, but there's no depth of what his heart feels, right? He wants to gather all to himself, and yet even his own have rejected him, but yet he knows that one day they will say, blessed are you who comes in the name of the Lord, that all will be restored, amen? Now go back to Joel. So he gave the kingdom to the Gentiles, hallelujah. He, came, he went to the nations outside of the, the one true nation, correct? And we're being grafted in, we're in him, and we're saved, and we shall be one new man and restored fully. That's the good news. <laughs> Joel, let me find it here. Joel chapter 1. I'm going to look at verse 14. Joel is speaking, he's calling to the assembly. He says, call, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all of the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all of the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Skip over to 2 verse 16. I'm going to start on verse 15. Joel 2, 15, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the nursing babes, and let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Now, you hear this call going out, and this call is for repentance. And he's calling to the entire nation to repent. From the eldest and the literal ruling elders to the babes, to the nursing babes. Gather them up. Bring my family. Gather them close. Gather my people close to me. Gather them close to me and repent fast. Turn from your wicked ways and seek my face. That's what he's saying, yes? Now go to Matthew 12. It is a 
time of gathering, beloved. <laughs> Matthew 12. Verse 30. Jesus said this really clear. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. The New Living says, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. <laughs> if you're not with me, you're against me. Like, there's no gray matter here. You're either in him or you're not. And if you're in him, you're for him. If you're not in him, you're against him. And if you're not doing the works of the kingdom with Jesus, right, we're working against. But if with him, if we're gathered to him, we're doing the works of Jesus with him. Oh, it's good to have Jesus with us, yes? We don't want to do works without Jesus. That's dead, right? Now go to Ephesians. Ephesians 1. We're going to look at verse 7 through 10. Ephesians 1, verse 7, he says, In him we have redemption through the blood, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. And we've been talking about that for a while. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We know that no one can be saved unless they believe that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. Unless we believe that he was crucified and dared and buried. He bore our sins on the cross. He was raised from the dead three days later. And we believe that God loved us so much that he gave. He allowed his son to be killed. And Jerusalem was hosting the murderers. Jerusalem was the headquarters. Jerusalem was the head of the nation. And the head of the nation said, crucify him. And they cried out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. As he was led and drugged through the streets. But the blood cries out and the blood speaks a better word that through his spilled blood and his great salvation, he would gather all to himself, his greatest desire, even his own Jerusalem, only his own Israel, his own people. What's done is done in the past. I can't fix it. But to those who have an ear to hear, today is the day of salvation. And it is the Father calling out, gather in close. Come under the shadow of my wing. When you hear that, you're like, okay, is this like a metaphor? Is like God have wings? No, it's who he is. It, 
He is light. He doesn't even cast shadows. There's no darkness in him. You understand? It's, it's coming to the light. And that light, when you get near the light, you become light. <laughs> and so much that he's going to gather together in one all things in Christ. From the start to the finish, which are in heaven and on the earth. Everything is in him. That's why he said, we said this last, in him we live. In him we move. And in him we have our being. But it is a draw me in close. It is gather in close. Gather in close. And right now for the church, we are in a place of great humility, yet power and authority to get before God Almighty, gather together and cry out for souls to believe in him, to be saved, that they wouldn't perish. Yes, even Israel, for we know, and you could read Romans 9 through 11 to get the heartbeat there, but there are Messianic congregations in all of Israel who are still leading Jews to Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Acts 101, still happening. But many still are hardened in their heart and do not believe. You understand? Likened unto all the Gentiles and all the nations that still do not believe and mock and curse God and his son. And will kill all the heirs if they can. You understand? So this morning's call is a serious one, but it's a deep one. It's a beautiful one of the heart of humanity and the bride's heart towards the Lord. He's saying, gathering close with me right now, honey. Gathering real close with me. I need you to get close to my heart. I need you to hear what's on it. When you come in that close, you're going to feel the rhythm and the run of his heart. He's going to lead you in how to pray for even cities. Cities. You're either for him or you're against him. Even cities. Nations. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the nations. And then the end shall come. To those who have an ear to hear, let them hear today. We're going to celebrate Martha and Jason today as they have gathered in close and they are going to get water baptized here after service and their families here and friends. And so we're going to join and wrap around them and celebrate with them today. Good. All right, so let's stand up. Father God, we hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And we will gather in close. Oh, Lord. We know that we are the apple of your eye. We know that Israel is the apple of your eye. We know that you love all. You want none should perish, God. But we gather in close under the shadow of your wing to hear your heart. And as you weep and cry over the lost, and yet you rejoice, all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. May we be found faithful and worthy to pray. And not only pray for them to come, but also to lead them. And to have more boldness now than ever to preach this gospel that all might believe, Lord. We love you. We receive your word today. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 
This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.